And he said the problem with the virgin birth of Christ is that it would require a special biological miracle creating a child within this woman, this virgin Mary. I, I mean, if you can believe the universe was spoken into existence, how could you have trouble with the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? That makes no sense to me. None at all. But there are those out there, there are detractors out there that have problems with the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the virgin conception, I should say also, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to spend just a a little bit of time this afternoon. I don't even know what time it is. I'm so used to saying morning or night. This afternoon, I want to look at the miracle of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We know this in this room. I know this. We understand it. We believe this. Um... But you know what? We need to always be equipped and be ready, as the Bible says, to give every man an answer of the hope which lieth within us. And we need to be equipped for these things. There are always going to be this that come up. And I'm telling you, we have enough uh, uh, evidence and biblical proof of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. If we just look at that. And I want to look at that this morning. And look at Leviticus chapter 17. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, very familiar passage, very familiar verse in this, in in Leviticus. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now that's a scientific statement. That's a scientific biological fact. The life of the flesh is in the blood. If your blood gets sick, you're sick. When your blood gets really bad, they do blood transfusions. You get cancer or something like that. They're getting, uh, the the old blood is the bad blood they're trying to replace with new blood and trying to uh, fix the problem there. But if you have bad blood, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble all the way around. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. This is a scientific biological fact. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your soul. So God says, I've given you the blood as an atonement, meaning an appeasement, a payment for sin. Look at this. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Now listen, God was the one who was sinned against. God was the one whose law was broken. God has every right to determine what it is going to be required to restore a relationship, to be reconciled back to him. God has every right to decide how it is that we get back to him. And God said this, blood. Blood gets back, gets, gets, restores the relationship. Let me, let me pray with you real quick. I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Let me pray and then we'll move on. Father, thank you for everybody out this afternoon. Pray for those that are traveling, the Healy's in Texas and, and others that, uh, Lord, are just not well and unable to be here today. We just pray that you would bless in a special way. Thank you for those that were able to be here today. Bless in a special way here as well. Father, for your word today, we ask you to to just uh, illuminate it by your Holy Spirit. Teach us today by your Holy Spirit. And uh, Father, may we be uh, uh, more grounded in your word today. May we be more equipped to this afternoon uh, to those that, uh, that need an answer of the hope that lieth within us. Would you help us in that today? We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the promise. You thank, we thank you, Father, as we saw last week, that you keep your promise and you do what you say. And we can trust you. We thank you for that. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you remember Adam and Eve, how many remember that story? 
pretty pretty easy one to remember. I should say that event in history. Uh, yeah, I do have. I, I got to be careful. Sometimes we say stories and we think of just stories. But that event in history when Adam and Eve, uh, we know what happened there, right? Uh, we don't have to go through the whole thing. They sinned, and what happened was their sin. Like God said, "And the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die." And not only did they die physically, uh, the death process started, though it took another nine hundred years for it to catch up to them. Which really, if you think man uh, being created, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think God's in, in, um, <clears throat> desire would have been that man was created to be etern- uh, an everlasting being. Nine, even 900 years is a pretty short stint in the realm of eternity, right? We look at it in this time frame that we live in and go, that's a long time. Well, not really. That's still pretty short. You know, what? I don't know what a gnat's life is, but that's about where we are today in this time. About, I don't know, about a day. About a, about. There's some bugs out there that live just hours. They're born. They do whatever they do, and then they die. <laughs> and it's like, and uh, but in the realm of eternity, I mean, how much short is, is our life like that? I mean, what does the Bible says? For who knows what may be on the morrow? For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. It's just gone. How quickly those those that have gotten up into years, those that have gotten up into the stage where they may even claim to be in the elderly stage of life, and they say this, I just don't know how it went so fast. I just don't know how it went by so quickly. And it just seems like yesterday that we're here. Listen, we, in, in the realm of time, listen, we are on this planet for such a short, short time. I don't even know how I got there. But this, okay, this is how I got there. Adam sinned. Adam sinned. He willfully chose to sin. Eve was deceived. Adam willfully chose to sin. And sin came into the world and they died physically and they died spiritually as well. That relationship, that oneness that they had with God was severed by sin. And God could have left them there. God could have walked away. God could have said, I'm done. I I think he would have been just fine to do that. I think he could have done that. But he chose not to do that. Actually, we see the love and the care and and the character of God in that he didn't even allow Adam to go an entire evening without coming to him. He came to him there in that cool of the day. I mean, when you think about that, all that Adam knew that he had from God was in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He doesn't even know what that means. And here they've realized sin has come into the world. They realize the two of them are naked. They never knew that before. Their eyes are open. They're going, oh, no. And I'm wondering if all that's running through Adam's mind is, in the day that thou eatest or of, thou shalt surely die. I don't know the fear they were in. I know the fear they were in. They went and hid themselves. They hid themselves from God. But God in his love and his care came to him right where he was. He didn't let him to go all night. He didn't let him sleep on it. He didn't let him stew on it. He could have let him go for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally showed up. But he didn't do that. He came to Adam and uh, they had sinned. And what did God do? Well, he, 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 he killed an animal. They needed to be clothed. They needed to be covered up. Come July, I'll preach that a little more than not today. There's no need. <laughs> And they need to be covered up. But wait, blood was shed of that animal. Blood was shed. 
And from there on, we understand and we see that sacrifices were made. Cain and Abel, they understood sacrifice. And Abel understood a sacrifice that he brought of the animals and the blood was shed and he brought as an offering and a sacrifice to God. And we know that Cain brought a sacrifice that was, that was just of fruits and vegetables and the, of what he tilled from the ground. God said, no, that's not what I want. He had favor for Abel's sacrifice. He didn't say, want Cain's sacrifice and he actually gave Cain another chance to go bring what he wanted and he didn't do it right and so we see this sin separated us from God and now that we are born all of those that are born of Adam we know the Bible says whereas by one man one man sin entered the world and death by sin where for death has passed upon all men for all have sinned we are sinners now by nature just like a dog is born a dog a cat is born a cat a fish is born a fish I didn't say anything they're all born after their kind and after their nature. You know what? We're born now after our father, Adam. We all have what? A sinful nature. We sin by nature. We sin because that's who we are. We, are, we, we, don't, we, we sin because we're sinners, right? Some people really, really, it takes a while to get to the fact they think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I just mess up once in a while. No, you're a really bad person who happens to once in a while figure out something right to do. But even the right that you do, Jesus says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. The best that we can do is not enough before God. Sin has separated us. We are separate from God. We are, we are separate uh, spiritually. We are born in sin and we will physically die one day. Whereas that is appointed unto men, Hebrews 9.27, once to die... And after this, the judgment. Sin separated us from God. Sin separated us. Number two, because sin separated us, there's a sacrifice required. Remember I said God, God who is creator, God who was sinned against, God, God who has done, uh, done uh, the, the sin against, he has the right to determine what it is what it is that will satisfy, that will, that will atone for the wrong and watch restore a relationship. You know, when you're sinned against, when somebody does you wrong, maybe they say something uh, mean, maybe they say something ugly, maybe they, they lie about you, maybe they went out and who knows what it was, maybe they came and stole your car and, you know, killed your chickens or whatever else, and, and they did something wrong to you. Uh, you. You know, if you had a relationship with that person, Right. If it weirdly, it was like your uncle Joe that did it. Okay. And you're like, uncle Joe, why did you kill my chickens and steal my car? Right. And what, what happened? The, the relationships severed and actually you get to determine what fixes that. Right. Somewhat. I mean, but you know what really helps if uncle Joe would say, you know, I don't know what I did. I was nuts. I'm sorry. I can't believe I did that here. Here's your car back. Uh, Here's your chickens back. <laughs> They're kind of in a pile. And uh, I can buy you some new ones. I'll fill the tank up with gas. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. But watch, the one sinned against, you know what you can say? I'll tell you what. You brought the car back. If you just replace the chickens, we'll be good. Okay. <laughs> brought the car back, replaced the chickens. Said, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. It was the back medication. I don't know what it was, okay? And uh, you know what? The relationship can be restored. You know what God said? God said there needs to be a sacrifice. 
God said, if we're going to repair this relationship between you and I, there has got to be a sacrifice. Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is in the blood and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. I have given it to you. What is God saying? This is my way back to you. This is my way for you back to me. I've given you a way. Watch. I have given you a way to get back to me. And it's the blood. And look at this. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. God determined the way back to him. Listen, it's you, you can try any way you want to get back to God. But if it's not his way, you're not getting back to him. Could you imagine if I told, uh, told Uncle Joe, uh, tell you what, um, why don't you just replace the, the chickens and, and uh, just bring the car back, would you? Okay, um, well, I really like the car. It really fits me well. How, how about how about I bring you a brand new bicycle? I mean, and, it, and I bought it. I didn't even steal this one. I bought this one. I'll give you a bike. No, I'd really like the car back. Okay, okay. Well, come on. How, how, about, how about a new couch? Do you need a new couch? No, Uncle Joe, I just really like the car back. Well, what are you all grouchy about? I was going to give you a couch and a bike. What's the deal? <laughs> I mean, that's just really silly, isn't it? No, God says, here's the way back to me. Blood. It's that simple. No, it, it, it's not this. It's not your church. Uh, it's not your religion. What, right? It's not your catechism. It's not your baptism. It, it's, not, it's, it, it, it's not your good works. It's not your Bible reading schedule. It's not because you're a member of a Baptist church. It's not because of any of those things. If you're going to re, re, have a relationship restored with God, it's got to be restored by blood. That's what God said. That's what he said. So God chose blood. Blood makes an atonement because God said so. Watch, it was the blood of animals that was required. Why? Why animals? Well, they're innocent. They didn't make Adam sin. They didn't sin. No, they are affected by the fall, but they didn't sin. They're completely innocent. Completely innocent. What in the Old Testament? Every time they came to the came, came to the the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Every time they came to that day, every year they would set, uh, the family would bring this little lamb, and I don't know, maybe maybe it was set aside, maybe it was the lamb of some kid that was like, "That's mine. What are you taking my lamb for?" Well, we got to we we got to bring a we got to bring a sacrifice. Our sins have to. But what did he do? He didn't do anything. He's just like meh, and he's like cuddly, and he likes me. I'm sorry. We're, we're going to bring a lamb. We're bringing a lamb. We're going to bring, he didn't do anything. I know, but God wants blood and he wants the blood of an animal. Why? It was innocent. It was innocent. Number two, not only was it innocent, it had completely different blood. (laughs) It didn't have human blood. Why? Human blood was tainted by sin. Yeah. It had its, wait, wait, that lamb, that pigeon, that goat, Whatever was required, it had its own blood. And God said, I want that blood. That'll work for now. Yeah, for now. That'll work. I want that blood. Not only was the animal innocent, not only did it have completely different blood, but God specified what certain animals could be brought. You're not going to bring up blood of a pig. 
desecrate everything. God's, no, God had specific animals that he wanted uh, for the atonement, for the yearly, uh, 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 the Passover, the Passover animal had to be a lamb. It had to be a lamb that was clean. It had to be a lamb that was inspected. It had to be a lamb that had no blemish on it. It had, it was an innocent animal. It was a clean animal. It was an animal with its own blood. And God said, I'll take that. And it will watch. It'll cover the sins this year. But then the next year you're going to have to do it again. So we see sin separated us from God and God said there needs to be a sacrifice to atone. Thirdly, eventually you're going to need a Savior. You're going to need a Savior. See, the blood only covered the sins. Year by year, continue. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hey, you're saying this is a scenic route to the virgin birth of Christ. Please stay with me. We'll get there, okay? I hope. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm trying to establish something here. The Bible says in verse 1, for the law, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. It couldn't do it. They had to do it every year. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. If it was once only, if the blood of animals was sufficient for, for time and eternity, well, they wouldn't have had, a, had that remembrance uh, of sin. But he's, look at verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance, again, made of sins every year. Why? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. No, it'll cover sin for the time being, but it can't take it away. So you're going to need a Savior. Watch this. The Old Testament system has to come to an end. How many remember the old property? Seems like eons ago. It's only a few months. (laughs) Oh, Remember the building I first became pastor and we had one of the problems in that Sunday school building and we had had water in the bottom in that building in the basement for literally, I think, 30 years. Uh, Alan, you might remember. Uh, there is mold growing. We, there is all sorts of things. And there's a whole series of problems that probably lent itself to that. The paving of the, that parking lot over there and the water just ran down in front of the building and all of these things. But there was a sump pump that was installed in the basement back in that back corner. And you know what? It worked. One, it, it, it did what it was supposed to do. But it didn't take away the problem. Well, you know what we did? Remember what we did? Spent $20,000. We dug around the building. When we dug around the building, we realized, oh, there's no gravel anywhere. Well, there's no French, well, there's a plastic French drain in the bottom that was full of mud. 
because there was no gravel. There, the, the concrete wasn't sealed. There was no plastic. There was no tar. There was nothing on it. So water is just rushing in into the building. So we spent all this money. We dug all of that out. I say we, meaning the people that did it. <laughs> I didn't do it. Uh, they brought about three feet of gravel in. And then what else did we do? We, we brought in the, uh, the French drains. We tied in all the gutters. We brought it out to the, another place about 100 feet away to empty everything out. And what did we do? We, we solved the problem, right? No more water in the basement. It was like dryer and cracker juice. It was awesome, right? I, I, I'm telling you, I, I thought, well, if this doesn't work, you'll find a new preacher. This will be a quick, quick tenure here if this one doesn't work. And a lot of money, right? And, uh, but it fixed the problem. Watch this. If we wanted to stop using the sump pump, we had to find a different way to do it. No, it was getting water out, but it wasn't fixing the problem. So what did we do? To get rid of the sump pump, we fixed the problem. Can I tell you something? To get rid of the Old Testament system, the Old Testament sacrifices, you had to fix the problem. It was, it, watch, it did what it was intended to do. The blood of bulls and goats here in Hebrew, it did what it was intended to do. It covered sin. But God's goal was to take away sin, but the Old Testament system couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Look at verses 4 through 9. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats that it should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. And when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Then he, ta- watch, he taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. Boy, that's good. Yeah. What's going to replace the old system? What's going to replace that old system? Did you go back to Isaiah chapter 7, 14? Isaiah chapter 7. This one's going to sound real familiar. We've looked at it recently. Probably have it memorized. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. Huh? Could you imagine when Isaiah was pinning that? Did I write that? Was that... A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You said they didn't. They called him Jesus. Emmanuel's a title. It was a title. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 9. You know, here's another familiar one. Look at verse 6. For unto us a a child is born, unto us a son is given. Look at the deity of Christ there. Right? A child born, wait, a son given? He already existed. The pre-existence of Christ. A child born, a son given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. 
Wait, he's going to be called the everlasting father, the prince of peace, of the increase of his governance and peace. Uh, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal, the passion, the ardor of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God's going to do this. Micah 5, 2. You know this one. Turn over there. Keep going. Keep going to your right. Micah 5, 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, preexistent, from everlasting, eternality. Do you realize this? Hey, do you realize this? Micah 5, 2, Bethlehem, Ephrata. Do you realize Israel is still waiting for the Messiah? Do you realize they don't own, land, they don't own Bethlehem anymore? That's Palestinian. That's not in Israel. Okay. A, what, a Jewish Messiah couldn't even have been born there today necessarily. Why? Because they wouldn't have been born in Israel. To be born in Palestine. I know somebody could say, well, you know, it's still Israel's land. And still God. I, I get that. But they, it really, really muddies the water there. But here, Micah 5, 2. Though there be little among the thousands of Judah, but yet out of thee, he shall come. What am I saying? It's not a what that is going to replace the old system, but a whom. A who is going to replace the old system. If you're going to stop using animals... Who are you going to replace them with? Matthew one twenty three. <laughs> I, li- I like Matthew one twenty three because it actually defines what Emmanuel means. He doesn't define it in, in Isaiah, but he defines it here in, in Matthew. Here it's the end of the year, and I'm making up for all of the messages that you've never had to turn to Scripture. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou sh- they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Yeah. God with us. Think about this. Two thousand years. After Abraham hears about a seed. 1700 years after Judah uh, is told and tells of Shiloh coming. 1400 years after Moses heard about a prophet. A thousand years after David heard about a future king. 700 years after, uh, seven, I'd say 730 years, maybe 700 to 730 years after Micah told about the one born in Bethlehem. Uh, 700 years after Isaiah spoke about uh, the, the, the uh, um, Emmanuel coming. 600 years after Daniel wrote about a stone. Nine months after Gabriel came to Mary and told her, that she was going to have a child, Jesus was born. Wow. Who is the old system being replaced with? Well, we know this. It's Jesus Christ. Wait, God requires blood. 
God requires the right animal, the right blood. Hey, it's Jesus Christ. The angels announced his birth. Do you realize everything that the angels announced? I mean, they, they, they went to the shepherds. They, the wise men saw the star. They, they got an announcement of sorts. Um, uh, Mary, Gabriel came to Mary. Gabriel came to, to uh, Joseph. Um, uh, Anna was in the temple. Simeon, the Holy Spirit of God, told him that he was going to not die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And then the day they brought him up for the uh, to be circumcised and to be offered for the offerings to made after his circumcision, uh, the Holy Spirit told Simeon to go into the temple. But not one Pharisee or Sadducee or anybody in the religious crowd was ever told about the coming of Jesus Christ. I think that's interesting. You know why? Because it's not about religion. I think if the angels went to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the religious rulers, he would have validated their messed up system. See, it's an individual personal relationship with the living God. And what did he do? He went to individuals, not to systems. I love this. The wise men saw the star. John said in John 1.29, Jesus was coming to John and he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The, 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 the demon possessed what we call the maniac of Gadara. Those demons said, Jesus, thou son of God, when he came near them. Jesus himself said, The son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus himself said over in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the father but by me what are we saying we're saying that jesus is who replaced the old system we know that yeah. sin separated us sacrifice was required a savior was needed so how do we know that jesus is the messiah we say he is the jews still say he's not Going through Israel, my guide says, oh, you believe he has come. We believe he is still coming. And he says, can't see there's unity there. We still believe in a Messiah. We just have different belief on who he is. Well, that'd be great, except Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yeah. How do we know that he's the Messiah? Well, we already saw this in Leviticus 17.11, didn't we? The life is in the blood. God chose blood. Why? Because Why? life covers death. And blood makes an atonement. Those animal sacrifices, remember them? Innocent. Completely different blood. Not from, not from human, not human blood. Not, not the blood of Adam. Specific animals. Lamb. Spotless. They had to pass inspection. How do we know Jesus is the Messiah? I think the virgin birth is one great evidence of it, don't you? <laughs> do you? Okay. I was going to have to start over. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> yeah. You know, in Matthew 1.18, you know what it said? When the, it said, before they came together. Mary and Joseph, they were legally husband and wife. They were espoused. They, they, they were espoused, but they were not, they, they had not physically come together yet. They hadn't come to that second part of the consummation of the marriage before they had come together. Micah 5.2, a virgin shall conceive. 
Luke one thirty four, Mary's testimony. What did she say? How shall this say, thing be seen? I know not a man. Her own testimony. She says, I haven't been with anybody. What about Joseph's testimony in Matthew one nineteen, where he, where he was going to put her away? He had, he, had a, he had a legal right to divorce her if she showed up with a child. He's like, it's not mine. And if it was, do you think Mary would have said, uh-uh, Bubba, yes it is. <laughs> right? She never said that. Mary said it. You know, we haven't come together. Joseph said it's not mine. Nobody else stood up from, time, from, from that day until today and said, uh, we have anywhere in history ever that have said, uh, no, no, that's, that, that's mine. <laughs> Jesus was conceived in the virgin womb of Mary by the Holy Ghost of God. Why is this so important? The lamb had to be innocent. The lamb had to have its own blood. The lamb had to be inspected. I know, I know the, the, the temptation of the Lord Jesus 40 days in the wilderness is, is, has other uh, implications and reasons behind it. I think, I think it serves itself as a wonderful inspection that He is God. Yeah. But what about the week of His crucifixion? Boy, He was inspected. Caiaphas, Pilate, Pilate's own wife, she said, I've suffered dreams of this man. Have nothing to do with this just man. But what did Pilate end up saying? I find no fault in him. He was inspected and inspected. He was scourged. You know what the, we remember the point of Roman scourging? Was to get him to, to start chirping and start uh, talking and confessing. Hey, you want to, I, I, I'll throw you out at something else that's a great inspection uh, place. At the, at, the, at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his own mother standing at the foot of the cross, I'm telling you, never said a single word. And if he had made it up, if he was just a big fraud and a big fake what mother wouldn't stand there before it even got to that point and said in in, in her own son no 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 he's made it all up he's made it up listen he's just got a great imagination don't do this to him I mean what mother wouldn't stop that and she sat there why well because of what she said when she was talking to Elizabeth God my savior she called him Jesus' own words in John chapter 8. Which of you convinceth me of sin? That's bold. Let me say that. Wait, no, I'll have to have my wife leave. No, anybody. Who would be courageous enough to stand up here and go, okay, come on, anybody here, convince me that I have sinned anywhere. Go ahead. Oh, man. That'd be a dumb person. Amen. <laughs> Can I tell you, they never said a word. He was innocent. He was inspected. How do you prove he had his own blood? Hmm. Do you know the blood of the baby and the blood of the mother, if they do mingle, you have real problems. It can happen at at the actual time of birth and and there'd be real problems. But the mother's blood and the baby's blood are not the same. The baby gets all of its nutrients through the, through the umbilical cord and 
gets uh, vitamins and nutrients and all that thing, but it has its own blood. It has, has its own blood. DNA comes from mom and dad. Do you know at the very point of conception, technically there's a, there's a trinity in that woman's body. There is her DNA, there is his DNA, and the baby's DNA. It's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. So that DNA, there's a mix in that child of mom and dad's DNA. But wait a minute. There's nothing in the egg of a mother that produces blood. It's not possible. I'm not saying blood types. <laughs> Even blood types can be a problem. You can't mix blood types. Some blood types are very bad to mix. I don't know what they are. Do you remember they are? A and something else. I don't know. Yep. What, am, what am I saying? Blood comes from a father. The Bible says he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he had no earthly father. Joseph said he's not mine. Mary said it's not, I've not been with anybody. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else has stepped up. And on the veracity of the Word of God, we had prophesied all through the Old Testament that there was a Messiah coming. And it was going to be virgin, conceived, and born. So whose blood did he have? Turn over to Acts 20 and 28, would you please? We're almost done here. And we started a little late, so I'm just going to add a little time on which was my fault for starting late, but I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> Look at Acts chapter 20. If I can get there. Anybody know where Acts is? Okay. Acts chapter 20. Verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. Now watch this. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Whose church? Church God. Whose blood? His own blood. Who shed their blood? Jesus. We have two things here. We have the divinity, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have the statement that he had his own blood. His own blood. He couldn't have had the blood of Joseph or any other man. Wait, he had his own blood. Which means Jesus was inspected. He was innocent. He had his own blood. And the virgin birth settles every requirement that God established for the atoning blood to reconcile us back to him. The sacrificing of animals, no, it worked. But it couldn't fix the problem. 
God, this, it was in God's plan. It was all a foreshadowing of what was to come. But one day God put on human flesh with his own blood and he offered the blood as an atonement for our sins. Hebrews chapter 10, one more time. Hebrews chapter 10. Look what it says here. Verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. You know what reconciles us back to God? The blood of God. See, that animal blood, it was innocent, but it couldn't last for. You know what? No, no, it lasts forever. Perfect, perfect blood in a human body, which isn't possible from Adam. He had to be virgin born. And he satisfied everything necessary to offer that offering that would be once for all. It's the blood of Jesus that brings us back to God, not our baptism not our catechism, not our belief system, not our good works. I come, I, I, are you going to make me go through the list again? Come on. Nothing, nothing but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everything we trust in hangs on the virgin birth of Christ. Yeah. The divinity of Jesus hangs on the virgin birth of Christ. If he wasn't virgin born, you would have a great argument for him not being divine. Do you know God, himself, the Father himself, in Hebrews 1.8, one of my favorite verses. The Father is speaking to the Son. You can look it up sometime, Hebrews 1.8. And he says, thy throne, he's talking to Jesus, the Father is talking to the Son. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The Father calls Jesus God. His perfect blood was offered. Our sins have been atoned for. And just as the blood of the Passover lamb was available for all Israel, and really for whosoever will, the blood of Jesus is available for whosoever will. First John 2, 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. It's the blood. No virgin birth? Then Jesus shed Adam's blood, and it's worthless. He had to be virgin born. You know, here's another big problem I was just thinking of the other day. If Jesus wasn't virgin born, then a guy raised from the dead who was seen of over 500 witnesses and walked the, walked the earth 40 days after his resurrection, and he wasn't even God. Well, that's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Let me give a little application. I'm done here. If God can speak the world into existence, if he could be born of a virgin, if he could raise from the dead, if he can take away your sins by your faith and trust in that blood, how can we question anything else he wants to do in our life? There's a great song 
how firm a foundation. And in the midst of that song, it has this line, What more can he say than to you that he said? What more can he say for us to trust him? No, we've trusted him for our eternity. We've put our faith and trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. We've put our faith and trust in in that perfect blood to take away all of our sins forever. But we struggle on a day-to-day basis to trust him just to live. Can I encourage you today, not only can I encourage you in the virgin birth of Christ, that everything hangs on that, and we can be as sure as we are sure of the Word of God, that Jesus was born of a virgin. He had his own blood. He was inspected. He was found innocent and found spotless. Not only can we uh, find encouragement in that today, but maybe also find encouragement of the fact that the God who came up with this whole plan and executed it flawlessly, we can trust Him every day of our life, every moment of our life, every trial, every tribulation, every up, every down, everything where He says, here's the way, walk in it. Every time He's, you know, he's, he's moving there or directing you there or events come in life and you don't understand them and you can't understand why you're here or why you're doing this. or why. Listen, trust Him. Trust Him. If you look what God went through to, to reconcile you back to Himself, we can trust Him for everything else. Absolutely. I'm thankful today that God chose this way to redeem us back to Himself. You can't duplicate this one. Wait, man can't duplicate this one. Try it. (laughs) Now if we're born, it's really too late because you're born. (laughs) Try to duplicate that. Our Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. As Micah prayed earlier today, thank you for the plan that was before the foundation of the world. That within the Godhead, Jesus, I am. We could, couldn't even start to imagine how that went, but we know this. The Lord Jesus offered himself to go to be born of that Virgin Mary, to live a sinless life, to be crucified, to shed that blood that you required as an atonement for sin. And rise again the third day so that we could be reconciled back to you. Not of our own works, not of works of righteousness which we have done, but according to your mercy you have saved us. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for the marvelous plan. We think of the marvelous plan of salvation. And I wonder if sometimes we forget a part of that marvelous plan of salvation includes the marvelous plan of the virgin birth. No way, to, no way to, uh, to duplicate or to try to do it differently. Thank you for that. Lord, would you help us today to trust you? Whatever we're going through right now, would you help us to trust? Maybe there's somebody listening online. Maybe there's somebody with us today. I don't know. 
It's possible for people to be in a church for years and years and years, uh, be a member of a Baptist church for years and years and years, and they've never placed their faith and trust in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. They've never, never had the blood applied to their account. They've never come to Him and simply said, I'm wrong, you're right, I repent. I, 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 they've never come to you, God, and just asked for the blood of Christ. Lord, would your Holy Spirit convict them again today, that today would be the day that they would come seeking the blood of Christ. And Lord, that their record would be clear and they'd be reconciled back to you again. That's your desire. It's your desire. Lord, would you do that work today? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning. The instrument is going to play over there. I don't know how the Lord's spoken to you today, how the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Maybe He's encouraged you about some things. Don't you love when you come away from the Word of God in total awe of what He has done? And we Listen, we can't, even, we can't even scratch the surface of what God has done here in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you today, are you trusting Him? Are you trusting Him? Are you equipped? Are you equipped to deal with those to, who God puts in your path that need the gospel? Listen, if Jesus were not virgin born, he'd be nothing else. Is that who your faith and trust is in? Or is it in something else?